We rolling? We rolling. Oh, hello. <laughs> Whoa, that's your most enthusiastic hello yet. I know. Not bashful or confused new. at all. <laughs> I thought the audience deserved a confident, enthusiastic hello today. Yeah, right. God, can you imagine if we were like like YouTubers or something and every episode it was, Hey, what up? This is Goose Smash that like button. Aren't you glad we're not like that? Yeah, I am. That would suck. Yeah, it would. That's, there's like, it's weird. Like everyone on YouTube is one person. And that person well, is Markiplier. <laughs> yeah, what happened is Markiplier got successful with it. And people were like, well, that's working for Markiplier. Yeah. Let's all do the same thing. But what they don't get is like, that's Markiplier. Yeah. There's Markiplier being Markiplier. It's not cool when you do it. It's you trying to be Markiplier. Yeah, right. I, I kind of feel like, like I, I almost said PewDiePie, but he's kind of, he's doing his own kind of sort of thing. He's the biggest YouTuber, but he's not exactly like. But not the best. Not the best. <laughs> but he's also like, he's not exactly doing that. Hey, what he up, everybody? Exactly hey, do hey, that, hey. no. Like, there's a cadence that's almost like musical. Like, it's always like a, a semi yelling, smash that subscribe button. <laughs> and it's like, what are you doing? I know. It's, we will study this the way, like, we know that, like, <laughs> Certain things, when you want to be on the radio, like, there's terms or, like, vocal throw-up uh-huh. of, like, when people talk like this on the radio, it's yeah. called throwing up your voice. It's really <laughs> horrible to hear, yeah, but right. people do it all the time. Yes, they do. Um, That's, like, if you really want to be a radio personality, most radio stations are going to be, like, just talk. Don't do that. Yeah. Um. Years from now, there will be training people how to be, like, viral sensations. I'm sure it's already happening. Oh, sure. And they'll be like, don't do that shit. Don't do that. Yeah. Smash that button thing. Then no one wants that. Yeah. We have that. It's fine if, for that one person. <laughs> well, like. I that think, was their thing. Isn't that kind of one of the things that you listen to podcasts for, too, is, like, for, like, a, a little bit more authenticity? Is like yeah, if get away every from that podcast thing sounded the same, like everyone that's doing the same thing, the closest thing in podcast to that is just ads. And even then, even if people are doing the same, like ads for the same companies, which they often are, mm-hmm. their ads are always different mm-hmm. from everyone else's because mm-hmm. they have a little freedom to like say it however they want to say it. Yeah, even if it's the same um, material, so. Now, what if the, it's refreshing? What if the flip side of this? What if we did like an NPR version of this podcast? I've done an NPR intro before. Hello, you're listening to Goose Chase here on eighty-eight point five WYSU. The time is now seven forty-eight p.m. It's thirty-two degrees outside. Christy, how are you doing today? I'm good. Oh, that's good. Good. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, not too excited, but not too bored. No, God forbid you should be too excited or no, too bored. No, no, we don't want to startle anybody. No, we don't. Now, no. Do, you, do you have any opinions about this next upcoming jazz piece entitled Where's My Gun by I, Howley Doody Doody? I literally have no opinions ever, Dave. No, no. we wouldn't want to, we wouldn't have any extreme opinions no, here. No, wouldn't want to ruffle any feathers. <laughs> Let's have a listen. Let's... Have a listen here on 
88.5. The boar. <laughs> I, I, I love NPR. I shouldn't be addicted to it. We them. make fun of NPR all the time, but we really do love yeah. it. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's just so damned inoffensive most of the time. I mean, except for like news, but news is news. Right. Yeah. Um, can't, they can't help that. They can't help what's actually happening in the world. Yeah. Let's talk about real stuff, though. In our normal voices. Okay. Um, what kind of real things are you thinking about? I have been talking for months on end about the fundraiser and how it's coming up. Mm-hmm. And it finally happened. Good. Yeah, let's talk about it. It was good. It was a very long day for me. Yeah, it And was. for other people who were there the whole day. It was like 12 total hours. And, and it was more than 12 hours. Mm-hmm. Um, I got there at 11. I was there until 1130. Obviously, I woke up earlier than 11, and I stayed up later than 11, so it was a very long day for me. Mm-hmm. But it was good. Everything went pretty well. We're building a good relationship with Westside Bowl, and I just I just think Westside Bowl is a place that people should go. Westside Bowl is freaking awesome. Um, I had a great time. They have a bar. They have really good food. Their employer, employees and the owners are fantastic. Mm-hmm. They have bowling, which is fun. Yeah. Bowling's still fun, guys. Bowling's cool. I, I didn't bowl. I watched, but I had a great time watching. You know, I, I didn't bowl either. I was juggling too many things at once and just didn't feel comfortable doing mm-hmm. that. But I I may go there this Friday night. My mom actually offered to go with me and go bowling with me because she really enjoyed bowling again. Um, And then we, we had bands there, and they often have bands there. They also do stuff like trivia and karaoke and all kinds of stuff like there is something to do no matter what kind of person you are mm-hmm. at west side bowl yeah. um it, they're just great there and i think they're a business that deserves to be successful and they were so generous and supportive of us and continue to be and want to continue to like and let us have fundraisers there and yeah all kinds of stuff so um i just can't suggest people go there Enough. I just think people should hang out at Westside Bowl. It's cool. I mean, you know, <clears throat> one of the things I really like about Westside Bowl is that it 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 you can see that they've done the renovation work to make it like, you know, they've they've updated it a bit, but it still feels like a classic bowling alley. Yeah, I mean, they haven't changed some of the decor, like the old school, like bowling balls and pins decor at the end of the lanes. Like mm-hmm. there was someone who. They were in from out of town, and they were watching the football game at the bar, and they, like, stepped in to just, like, they are like, no, we just want to take a look at, like, an old school bowling alley, because the yeah. place has been around forever. Um, I don't know if I told you this, but when my mom was there, she looked she would looked around a little bit and went, you had a bowling party here when you were a kid. Someone else mentioned it. Miss Tina mentioned it to yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. And then our friend Aubrey's mom, Miss Tina, who we, we've talked about quite often. Yeah. Um, they've known me since Aubrey and I have been friends since like the first grade. Mm-hmm. So she's known me since then. And uh, she was at that birthday party because I went to Aubrey and I was like, did I have a birthday party here? Do you remember that? I think I've seen a picture possibly. I I remember getting a bowling pin and everyone signing <laughs> it at that yeah. party. I wonder if my brother still he got one from Wedgwood Lanes. I want to say, but he got. I kind of misremembered and thought mine was at Wedgwood Lanes, mm-hmm. but my mom was like, "No, we did it here because there were it was less crowded." 
Yeah. Um, and then I mentioned it to Aubrey and she was like, you know, I remember going to a bowling party and I know it wasn't my own. And then when Miss Tina came, she was like, hey, you had a birthday party here. I'm like, why is it that her moms remember this so much? <laughs> I mean, I guess they were adults at the time and yeah. like a bowling party would stand out more to them because it's not something they do all the time. Yeah. But yeah, good memories. And now I have more bowling pins. Because they gave me some. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I had a great time there. I, I like a bowling alley. I like the experience of it. The I like their bar. The, you know, the, their bar's good. The drinks are cheap. Uh, they make a, they have a great kitchen. They make some really good stuff. I their had wings. Solid. Their pizza's really good. Yeah. Um, that's all I ate was wings and pizza, but I have confidence that everything they serve there is good. Yeah. It was great. Um, overall, we did well. We earned some money for the upcoming season. And, you know, exciting things. Yeah. Exciting things on the horizon. I am trying to convince one of their employees to join roller derby, in which the owner was like, I will pay to see her play. Yeah, <laughs> so, right. Um, so that's cool. Mm. And one of my coworkers is considering doing it, too. So I have two potential recruits. We'll see how that goes. I have something I want to talk about real briefly. Yes. I also have an update after that. No, go ahead. I'll, I'll sure? wait. I'll wait. Yes. I have an update from Adam. We discussed um, Toto and Weezer on our last episode. Uh-huh. And he said Weezer actually did cover Rosanna to troll people who wanted them <laughs> to cover Africa. So they covered Rosanna first, oh. which I did not know. That's and he also said the third song that everyone knows of um, Afri- of uh, Toto of Africa. of Africa is Toe the Line. Oh, that's right. That's them? Uh, yeah. Oh, wow. Hey. Toto's one of those bands that you're constantly going, that's them? Adam, that's but a good yeah. catch. I uh, Yeah. That, that's true. Everyone knows that song. And he texted probably, me that, and I was like, I will update. And he's like, damn right. I think most people <laughs> don't know that that's them, but everyone yeah. knows that song. Yeah, so. Yeah, that's a good catch. Thanks, Adam, <laughs> for knowing more than we do. Yeah. Um, what were you going to say? I have an update. In McDonald's-related news. McDonald's-related <laughs> news. <gasps> Is the McDouble back? No. Well, the McDouble's... I've erroneously said the McDouble is gone. It's just they changed the price, which I hate. But yes, that's, that's, and you can't get a meal of it. Yes. Which is all I ever wanted. I will say this, though. The thing the thing that, I, the, that I've been seeing in the news and people are talking about online, McDonald's has a new breakfast sandwich coming out. Oh? For the first time in a very long time. Oh. I thought you were going to talk about the the Halloween burger. Maybe that's Burger that's, King. That's though. Burger King. That's uh, that's like Nightmare Whopper. And it comes out like after Halloween, I think. No, I saw that. Actually, Adam posted something about that online. That's probably specific to their their location. Yeah, because it's supposed to be like a thing before Halloween. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, but I don't want my shit to be scary colors. I kind of want to see what would happen. There was one time a while ago that I ate like a lot of black icing one yeah. week and I kept pooping like dark green and blue <laughs> and freaking out temporarily until I remembered how much black icing I'd been eating. That's basically me anytime after I forget I had wine. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Wine poops. 
Wow, this is great. People yeah. really want to hear about our shits. You started it. It's my fault. I'm sorry. It's uh, always my fault. McDonald's is doing a new breakfast sandwich, and the highlight here is, imagine <clears throat> a McDonald's breakfast sandwich on a biscuit or something like that, but it's got two slices of sausage. And then add some bacon on top of it. What's this What's this jerk-off gesture you're doing here? You don't care? I don't care that much. <laughs> it's just more shitty fast food money. <clears throat> Here's the thing. McDonald's breakfast is the only reason to go to McDonald's. It's the yes. only reason anymore. I agree with that. It's just like the quality of McDonald's food isn't that great. It's bad. And in the right amount, I can forget about it. Right. But when you put a whole bunch of shitty meat together, <laughs> I can taste exactly how shitty it is. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. This is like the kind of thing where I'm like, I still hate them, but I might try this. I kind of want to know what their equivalent of the breakfast mountain of meat is. What I really want to see happen is a breakfast sandwich where the buns are two McMuffins, <laughs> sausage McMuffins, and in the middle is something, more meat, I guess. Is the steak, egg, and cheese bagel. <laughs> yeah. Right. So you have <laughs> McMuffin, steak, egg, and cheese bagel, McMuffin. Yeah. For a combined six bread items. And also five billion calories. Yes, the five billion. <laughs> it's it's called the fuck you sandwich, and it's yeah. it, they deliver it to you in like uh, in like a little. What they do tray. is you pull up to the drive-through window and you open your mouth and they just pitch it at your face. <laughs> you pull up and they say, uh, "Yes, uh, how, uh, you know, uh, can I take your order?" And you say, "Yeah, just fuck me up." And they go, <laughs> "They go, okay, all right, we got it, all right." Yeah, they pull through and then they fuck you up. They do. Yeah. Anyway, that's kind of news. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. Two slices of sausage and two pieces <sighs> I can't of bacon. roll my eyes hard enough. <laughs> I wish you all could hear me roll my eyes. It's also got two pieces of cheese in between all this. I mean, that's fine. And I think an egg? Or probably an, an egg. Like they serve a complete egg. Like McDonald's yeah. has served a complete egg. No, but egg it's real years. eggs, baby. It's real eggs. They talk about how it's real eggs all the time. You know what? Uh, here's the thing that bothers me about everyone's breakfast sandwich is that weird egg-like, you know, thing that has a texture unlike eggs. Yeah. It's always got that stretchy, spongy texture to it. Honestly, I think that's partly the way it's cooked. Yeah, probably. Because it's like microwaved. But it also like it looks like when you bite into it, it's like there's all these vertical bubbles in it. Like it's been yeah. stretched out somehow. Like they put as much air as possible inside this egg. Just give me McDonald's fries. Yeah. And then a chocolate frosty for Wendy's. <laughs> You're willing to do two stops to get the perfect fries and frosty? I used to do frosty? two stops all the fucking time. Yeah. And those two stops were not convenient. <laughs> Wait, like they were like, not close to each like other. Like not at all. here, like somewhere else. So when I lived in Chicago. Yeah. Mm. <sighs> you know, you gotta give Wendy's credit. That frosty is still around. I don't even it's I don't so even know. Good. Like other people have moved on from their signature items like no, that. It'll never die. And they're still doing baked potatoes. Mm-hmm. Love it. Love the baked potato. I got one the other night with my mom. I got Nobody chili else cheese. Does that. I got chili cheese baked potato. Yeah, like, seriously think of, like, is there anywhere else you could pull up and get a baked potato? There used to be one place in Defiance, Ohio. Cue yeah. the wistful look. It was called Dogs and Spuds. And that's all it was. That's all it was. It was <laughs> hot dogs and baked potatoes. Not even shitting you. <laughs> that's a good idea. <laughs> it was a good idea. 
in execution, it was okay, but like the food quality wasn't great. If it was like actually well done, it would have been fantastic. Sure. They didn't stay around for long. Yeah, I imagine not. They closed for like renovations and nothing, just never opened. Nothing gold can stay. Yeah. I mean, mostly I really liked it because it was just different. It was yeah. like not the same thing over and over again in a small town that didn't have that many like quick food options. Yeah. 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 You know what I think it's time for? Oh, is it time for the news quiz? Our classic game? I think so. The one that's sweeping the nation. That's right. It's time for Trues and News. You mean to tell me why you wouldn't happen to me? It's time for Trues and News. Time to play Trues and News. Everyone's playing. Everyone's playing. Famous game. Famous game. The game that's taking the internet by storm. Time for Trues and a Merv Griffin production. All right. All right. So let's do it then. You ready? Okay, I guess. <clears throat> Wait, you didn't outline the rules. How is anyone supposed to know what we're doing? Oh, oh no. So this is the <laughs> game where I give you one true news story mm-hmm. or truths. Truths. And two... I almost said one again. False <laughs> news stories or fnews. And you have to discern the truth from the fnews. I think I can do this. I I'm ready to do you. this. Let's you know, do it. You've done it uh, 56, uh, 56 <laughs> other times. We'll divide that in half. Yeah, like that half many that. other times. Yeah, 28 other times. Yeah, that many. Yeah. Good mathing. <laughs> I've been getting really good at basic math because my alarm clock makes me do oh, it. Oh, that's I'm, right. Yeah. You practice. I practice every day. Like, I have this alarm clock. By the way, if you're listening to this and you have a hard time waking up in the morning and you have an Android phone, get Alarm Clock Extreme. You can set your alarms. And you it's can, extreme. Extreme alarm clock. <laughs> um, <laughs> that reminds me about the fundraiser when I walked up to you. During the song, and I started playing air guitar really yeah, hard, did. and you thought it was really funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, alarm clock extreme. It makes you do. Uh, you can set your alarm. You can set the 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 tone that goes off. I have mine set to like soft internet jazz music, like a jazz radio station. Yeah. And then I have to do five basic multiplication or addition or subtraction problems. Uh, so I'm getting really good. I would never be able to shut my alarm off. <laughs> well, the thing is, you, you know, you have as long as it takes you to solve the five of them. So I would break my phone first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's a good um, it's a good thing though. Yeah, it works for you. It works for me. I'm getting good at math. <laughs> Not any better at waking up. <laughs> getting good at math. Though. Yeah, exactly. I'm still bad at waking up, but good at basic math. Um, first news story. Let's hear it. Dog caught on camera loitering in front of Gary Indiana McDonald's and stealing patrons' food. Okay. Okay. Second one. Salem, Massachusetts Mayor Kim Driscoll discourages children from dressing as witches because it makes light of the city's history. Ooh. Ready for the third one? Yeah. Catholic Pokemon Go style game features Moses instead of Mewtwo. <laughs> oh my god i hope that's not true you ready for a recap yeah give me the recap let's hear it again 
dog caught on camera loitering in front of Gary Indiana McDonald's and stealing patrons' food. Okay, mean pupper. Salem, Massachusetts Mayor Kim Driscoll discourages children from dressing as witches because it makes light of the city's history. Okay, mean mayor. <laughs> Catholic Pokemon Go style game features Moses instead of Mewtwo. Okay, Mr. Moses. Mr. Moses. Hmm. That's tricky. That's really tricky. The third one seems feasible, feasible, but I don't think that's it. Um. Does it? Does it? <clears throat> like I like I can see someone doing something like this, but I'm I'm just not convinced that that's it. And the dog, the dog stealing food seems really real to me. Um. Like it seems. Oh. The Salem thing is so timely. I'm like looking for you to like give me a tell or something <laughs> like that here. Nah, um, I don't have those. I'm going to guess. Now, you see, I feel like Salem really embraces their history. I'm going to guess that there's a dog stealing people's McDonald's. That's your truth? Yeah, let's hear it. Uh-uh. No! Do you want a second guess? I'm going to blow it. That's why you're giving me a second guess. Is it the Moses? Yeah. No way! (laughs) It's the Moses. (coughs) No way! There is a Catholic Pokemon Go style game that features Moses instead of Mewtwo. (laughs) Same kind of setup. You go around collecting saints instead of fighting them to acquire them. You you have to answer some questions about them. Do you Um, know what this game is called? (laughs) Right now it's only in Spanish, but I I don't know the name of it. They're going to be making it in other languages, though. It is endorsed. It wasn't made by the Catholic Church. Okay. It wasn't ba- made by the Vatican, but it is endorsed by the Pope. Um, it's basically their effort to try to, like, make Catholicism exciting for kids. Wow. I don't think that's it's ever not going to work. There's never been a time where that was true. Yeah. Church is basically boring to all kids until they either decide to get on the rails or off. Yeah. Man, I tried so hard as a kid to believe in all that. Yeah. Because I was raised Catholic. I just couldn't do it. And I felt really shitty about that. Oh, yeah. I felt the same way. You know that. Yeah. Um, And that's why we're both atheists. (laughs) You know, it's funny. Like, I feel like a lot of people just think like you just like people who don't believe, you know, they're just like somehow just exclusively bitter or something like that yeah. but like i mean there are there are people who have never believed or who weren't raised in religious families and, yeah. and there was an emphasis put on that and that's one thing but i i feel like a lot of people who are atheists or at least agnostic now yeah um really really tried to believe and i think that's something a lot of a lot of religious folk don't understand is like i think so too it's like we came to this place from like huge internal debate and struggle and frustration and feeling really crappy about the yeah. fact that we just couldn't believe what seemed to bring peace of mind to so many other people. Yeah. And it makes you feel like there's a personal flaw or weakness when you can't get to that point when you just don't inherently believe it. You know what it's kind of like is when you go to see a movie with a bunch of people – and everyone really loves the movie. And you're the only one that's like, 
Wait, not that, that great. That shit wasn't stupid. <laughs> like, or like, I just, I just don't get it. So you don't tell anyone naturally. Yeah. You spend a long time going, oh yeah, I saw it too. It was pretty good. And then like you privately wrestle with like, wait, what is wrong with me that this thing didn't do it for me? Yeah. You know. Yeah. Any anything where you're you're made to like question your own like ideas and thoughts and opinions because they're not lining up with everyone else's. It's like that study where the people are supposed to look at different size lines and and choose the shortest one. And other people are there as plants intentionally choosing the wrong one. Yeah. And this is something you can objectively see the truth on and people will change their answer to the wrong answer because other people are choosing the wrong answer and they feel like they're, (laughs) they question their own like sight. Yeah. Um, that, that's what it's like. It's like, you just feel like something's wrong with you, but. It's a super weird thing, isn't it? Yeah. That something that you are so sure of, you will deny because you're in the minority opinion. Well, it's cognitive dissonance. It's just that feeling of like, oh crap. It, it's easier to question yourself, especially when the majority share a wrong opinion mm-hmm. or a wrong, like they're endorsing the wrong thing. It's really easy to question yourself versus a group. Mm-hmm. We have this idea that like other people must be right, especially if it's more people than yeah. ourselves. Yeah, I think so. Just putting the trust <sighs> in the group. Well, anyway, you stumped me. You stumped I did. me good. I, I don't did it. I really did. I really. I never would have guessed the I, third one. I really thought you were going to. <coughs> I, I didn't think those were very good. They were kind of rushed. <laughs> well, the thing is, I okay. Even though that that was a a, a news, even though you fnused me, yeah. I'm pretty sure a dog has stolen people's McDonald's before. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. but not necessarily in Gary, Indiana, <laughs> and not loitering outside and then strategically stealing food from people. Yeah. Not so much and and so effectively as to become a news story, say. That was actually kind of based on an, another, an actual true story, but the opposite. It was like a dog who was, was loitering outside of like a McDonald's, but was pretending to be a stray to get people to give it food. <laughs> he wasn't like attacking them. He was just, like, standing outside of McDonald's and pretending to be a stray dog. Like, the owner came forward and was like, don't feed my dog McDonald's. Okay. He's not a stray. So the news story is local dog begs. Yeah. Well, break. he, like, he got out or he gets out or something and he goes to McDonald's and pretends <laughs> like he's stray to get food. Same. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. I do the same Actually, thing. this is really funny. My um, teammate, I went over there to carve pumpkins one day. and Speaking of which. The pumpkin we have outside is getting pretty soggy. We should toss it. That pumpkin is looking real sad. Let's get rid of it. Yeah. I um, smelled it today. It's uh, not doing Yeah, well. let's get rid of it. Okay. Why do you get rid of it I don't when know, you started you, to smell because it? Because you have to be the one to throw it away. It's your pumpkin. No, I don't. Yes, in the Joe Para sense, you have to dispose of your pumpkin. Okay, well. Yeah. I'll bury it tonight. Okay. <laughs> um, now, her dogs, whenever they get loose... They and her one dog, if he wants out, he can get out. Like yeah. he's a big German shepherd and he knows how to get out the door. Sure. So there's no stopping him. He immediately she doesn't panic because she just knows that he's at Dairy Queen. 
There's a Dairy Queen right down the street, and he goes to Dairy Queen to get ice cream, you and they give him me? ice cream. <laughs> Does he have to cross the street? Because that scares me a little no, bit. No, he okay. doesn't. He doesn't have to cross the street. It's like at the end of their road, like okay. on the corner. So he just goes to Dairy Queen to get his treats. What a smart dog. Yeah, and the little one has done it too. Mm. But the little one will like bite people. <laughs> the big one is nice. He just waits for his ice cream. Local dog gets ice cream. So I don't think April listens to this, but if she does, your dogs are adorable. Yeah, it's pretty good. Even the bitey one. Uh, why don't we move on to our middle segment here? Yeah, I got a little middle seggy. So okay. way back, closer to the beginnings of this podcast, we mm-hmm. covered a little group called Nexium. Yes, we N-X-I-V-M. did. N-X-I-V-M. And since then, the shit has hit the fan even further for them. I think we talked very briefly about the fact that so. Keith Rainier had been pulled in by the authorities. Yeah, because we, we wanted there. to put him on our board. Yes, that's right. that's right. The Goose Chase gotcha board. Yeah. You've been gotcha'd by Goose Chase. <laughs> so, um, yeah, things still aren't good for Keith Rainier, but. Well, that's good. There is another podcast about Nexium. Brought to you by CBC.ca. Yeah, who's done such podcasts as like Someone Knows Something. Mm-hmm. Which I've listened to all of. I haven't listened to all of it. I listened to the first season, but yeah. um, they do great podcasts. They them, really do. Them and Wondery, I really like both of them. Uh, what else does Wondery do? Are they the people that did Dirty John and... Uh... They did Dirty John and Dr. Death. Okay. And they also do one um, called Survivors. Okay. And that one's really good, though very emotional. There's a lot of really great podcast networks these days. Yeah, there are. And they're not the ones that you know about. They're like kind of just on the outside edges. So I I suggest all those podcasts and those networks. But this podcast by the CBC is called Uncover Escaping Nexium. Again, Mm -hmm. it's spelled N-X-I-V-M. Nixivum. Nixivum. Um. So when we discussed, when we had our episode about Nexium, yeah, a big thing that had happened was there was this huge New York Times article that broke about an, a secret group inside of the group Nexium called DOS. And it was like a woman's group, but it was basically an even cultier cult inside that cult. Yeah. And potentially it was run secretly by Keith Rainier yeah. and Allison Mack. Right. Um, though that I, wasn't confirmed. Didn't it boil down to being like kind of almost a harem for Keith Rainier? Yeah. And they were like, the women were branded. Yeah, right. They were, they referred to people as master <clears throat> and slave. Yeah. Really messed up stuff. So the person who came forward, her name is Stephanie, Stephanie Edmonton, I believe. And, um, she is the main person this podcast is about. Mm-hmm. It's interviews with her. And what's really interesting about it is how organically this came about. The host of this podcast, who he works for the CBC, obviously. Do you know his name? I can't remember It's not it. David... Uh... It's not the guy that that does someone does something. No, it's okay. a different one. Uh, while I'm talking, I will look it up and David Ridgeon you know. is the guy I'm thinking. Yeah, about. it's not the same one. Uh, <clears throat> they have a different person host every podcast based on basically like who's the right person for the job and, yeah. and personal like stuff like how they're related to the topic. Okay. And in this case, 
um, the host actually knew Stephanie growing up. Like, they grew up together. They were friends as kids. Shut the hell up. Yeah. So he ran into her, and he was like, oh, hey, how you doing? Like, making small talk. And she was like, you know, just got out of a cult. Not doing bad. Just got back from a cult. And he was like, how are you? Okay, uh, hold the door. I work for CBC. Let's talk about it. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> you wouldn't mind talking about this, So her you? name is Sarah Edmondson. E-D-M-O-N-D-S-O-N. Uh, not Edmonton. Not Edmonton. Which is a very Canadian name. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm trying to get his name. It doesn't really say in the like little blurbs. I can figure Justin out. His name is Trudeau. His name is Josh. Okay. I believe. So um basically he, he knew her growing up, and so he has this personal connection to her. He meets her pretty soon after she gets out, before she does the New York Times article. Okay. They start talking. She decides to talk to them. Um obviously they just released this podcast. But they were, like, doing this for a while, having these conversations for quite a while. Um, so he had been talking to her about all this when she released that article, when she finally decided, I'm going to blow it up. I'm just going to blow it up. Originally, she wanted to leave pretty quietly because yeah. she had seen Nexium target people. Oh. And even though this podcast largely focuses on her, they talk about they talk to and about a lot of other people who've left Nexium. Sure. And um really good interviews and you just see like I see so many t- <laughs> you're quietly trying to move your keys out <laughs> the table. I'm very quietly trying to open this bottle of Great Lakes. Oh, I have another bottle opener right here. It's too late. There <laughs> we go. Um they're they just seeing the ties between Nexium and other cults, like yeah. the way they refer to things and the way they treat people who try to leave, and it's so weird how like similar the rules are. Yeah, well, they're the things that are effective in brainwashing people, mm-hmm. the things that are inf- effective in making people question themselves, mm-hmm. and and believing in another person or another group so wholeheartedly that. They'll do horrible things, and they'll let horrible things be done to them. It's funny. We're going to talk about some of this stuff a little bit later for our yeah. main segment. So I, one of the reasons <coughs> I thought that this would be a very appropriate middle, appropriate. Appropri- appropriate middle? <laughs> appropriate middle. Appropriate middle segment for tonight, because I know we got some culty stuff coming up. We do. Um, But it it is, I will say, it's very emotional. It's a really intense podcast. And it's fairly graphic. I mean, we're dealing it's with pretty some pretty graphic. barbaric shit. Yeah. Um, I mean, the podcast starts with her describing what happened to her in DOS. Mm-hmm. And in detail. And you can hear the trauma in her voice. You can hear how, tra- how traumatic that would have been. Yeah. And the mental gymnastics you have to do. To let someone brand you and to, like, be okay with that, at least in the moment. And yeah. to watch it, ha- watch and listen it happen to other people. I think once people part. rationalize certain things into your head where they've made excuses for their behavior for you. Like, once they make that very, very, like. One thing that Nexium does that a lot of cults do um, is they turn things around on you. Mm-hmm. 
So Scientology they, does that really well. Yes. <laughs> In Scientology, it's, it's done by saying, if something bad happened to you, what did you do? You pulled it in. What did you do to make that happen to you? Yes. They do this to victims of sexual assault, uh-huh. victims of anything. You are, it's you are the blame You're always for all the of cause. Your, yeah. They also do this in Nexium. Yes. They word it slightly differently, but it's basically the same thing. Um, what are you doing to cause this? Yeah. What is your problem that these things are happening to you? It's, it's weird because that's also at the core of a lot of abusive relationships, like mm-hmm. outside of cults, mm-hmm. just people who it's manipulate each other. Yeah, at its at its most generic, it's gaslighting, but <clears> it's it's a very specific thing of turning things around on you and making it your fault. Yeah, and in the thing that struck me is. I mean, I was listening to this in my car, and when I heard her describe this this way, I thought, she's fucking gaslighting you. Yeah. It's gaslighting. Like, I was horrified. I think Basically, it's a- her close friend, someone she considered a close friend, Lauren Saltman, yeah. was the one who invited Stephanie into DOS. And when she finds out she's going to be branded with this symbol, she says, no, like... I don't want that. I intentionally don't have any tattoos. I intentionally don't have any piercings. Like, mm-hmm. my body is a blank canvas, and I want it that way. Like, I don't want this. I don't like this symbol. I don't think it's pretty. It. I don't want this scar. Yeah. And Yeah, like a scar on top of it. It's like not just a symbol. It's a Lauren scar. Lauren said, well, what are you making it mean? Oh, that's... Ooh, that's What are weird. you making it mean? And as soon as she described what she said to her, like with those words, I got chills down my spine. Yeah, that got me. What are you making it mean? Yeah, because that's, that's if you don't like it, it's only because you don't understand it the way I want yeah. you to yet. And then she elaborated and went on to say, like, this is a sign of your commitment. That's what the symbol means. And that's a very clever thing to get Stephanie to do this because the whole time she was in Nexium. They always find your weakness. They find mm-hmm. your flaw. Yeah, they do. And they they Which use that, that against like, you. So, like sociopaths do. Like yeah. it's it's finding so where you're weak. Yeah. Her flaw was always that she didn't commit to things. Or she would do a thing and then change her mind and not follow through. Yeah. Um, and so that's what her friend said to her. What are you making it mean? This is about commitment. This is a beautiful symbol because it signifies that, like, you're actually committing to this group of other women for the rest of your life. And she knew that would get her because that's something she struggled so hard with. And this group kept telling her and rubbing it in her face over and over that that's a thing she struggled with. All things Anytime she didn't want to do anything. Yeah. Well, you have commitment issues. Yeah. Like, and this... Isn't DOS isn't the only fucked up thing that happened inside an axiom. There's sure. all kinds of fucked up things that happen inside an axiom. Just like there's all kinds of fucked up things that happen inside of all cults, mm-hmm. Scientology, all sorts of groups. Yeah. Um it if you think it could be triggering to you, don't listen to it, but it is a good, interesting podcast. Yeah. Um, if you're interested in cults, if you think you can handle it, it is upsetting. It's really upsetting. Yeah. But I think it's very powerful to hear a firsthand account. And they didn't, even though this is someone he knew, and this is a friend of the the host of the podcast, they didn't um, circumnavigate tough topics. Like they, when she was receiving questions, like she was getting questions from people of like, 
people thinking the media was being a little too nice to her because she was in this group for 12 years. She got people in this group. Right. She got people into DOS. Yeah. Like it's fair to say that she's probably, you know, like an aggressor herself in some way. And it's fair to see it though. And as listening, like as I was listening to it, the thing I felt though was like, I'm not going to beat her up about that. I can hear the guilt in her voice. Yeah. Like I could hear how, yeah. Fucked up she felt. She doesn't about need it. punished anymore. And he did ask her these questions and, and she did answer them and she did explain why it was so hard to hear those questions asked to her because those were the thoughts that were in her head when she was coming out of it. And she Jeez. had to learn to be kind to herself because that's what coming out of a cult is. Like yeah. that's what realizing you were brainwashed is. It's a full and honest accounting of like reality versus the reality that you had built for yourself. Yeah. It's like rationalizing against the real world, the little world you were living in. They talked to her. They talked to her husband, who was also in Nexium. They talked to her mom. They talked to um, Keith Ranieri's lawyer. Really? Yep. They talk Do they to, pronounce it Ranieri? Yes, it, apparently it's Ranieri. Oh, no. Do we have another David Ick <sighs> situation? I know. Not as bad, though. <clears throat> Not yeah, as bad. Yeah, but we've been calling him Rainier for a long time. Yeah, but I, I'm not as upset about it. Okay. I'm not even upset about the David Ike one. Yeah. Jerk off motion again. <laughs> People um, can't see it when you do that. I know, but you can, and it makes you laugh. <laughs> makes you laugh. Yep. Um, they talked to other victims of Nexium and people who left and why they about why they left. And mm-hmm. um, it's crazy that we went so long without knowing about it. Like people had been talking about this for years. Yeah. For years, people were trying to get attention drawn to this group and how awful it was. And it just kept getting brushed under the rug. Like yeah. so many things. It takes, These things keep going. It takes powerful voices it takes breaking a story it takes someone deciding fuck it they're gonna come after me but Mm -hmm. let's blow it up for it to happen so you know what i usually think actually breaks up these cults more than anything it's first of all you need law enforcement to do it and second of all you have to piss off the tax man that's it it's like it's almost always about something money related they don't really Here's care the when they get anecdotal stories of people being abused. How has Scientology gotten away with it for so long? They broke into the IRS offices. Yeah, well, I think that's, in, in fact, a big reason they continue to be, you know, you know, operating as the IRS was threatened by them and hoped they'd just go away. Yeah. And they didn't. Yeah. Um, very sad podcast, but... Yeah. I I endorse it wholeheartedly. And I've mentioned this other one before, but while we're on the topic of we've mentioned Scientology a couple times um already today, I I started catching up on surviving Scientology again. And every time I listen to it, I'm just I'm heartbroken mm-hmm. <laughs> by something someone says. But it it's a great podcast because it's another podcast that's just interviews with people who've been through it. Mm-hmm. So it whereas um, escaping Nexium is mainly about one person, and it's like seven episodes or like bonus episodes as they update things as more information comes out as the trial continues. Um, surviving Scientology is many, 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 many episodes with many different people. So that's 
also very interesting if that's something yeah. you're into. Yeah. That's all I got, buddy. Well, <laughs> buddy. I don't know why I called you buddy. It's so weird. Just wanted it's, to say it. It is a little weird. Yeah. You never call me buddy. Yeah. I call you baby. 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 Baby, don't do this. Sweetie. Sweetie. Don't, sweetie. <laughs> um, all right. So let's, let's, uh, let's take a break. And we will be back in a minute with the main subject, uh, subject, main topic for this episode. All right. Stick around. Uh-huh. All right. All right. back with the main segment for this episode christy would you like to start us off with what you know about this topic very little i'm actually really i'm always glad when you don't know that much about the episode uh because it gives me an opportunity like the less you know the more i can tell you i i don't even remember exactly how every time i add a topic to the list i never remember exactly how i found it i stumbled across an article Honor. It might have been like someone posted it on Facebook or whatever. Yeah. Usually in like the My Favorite Murder groups I'm in, people post interesting shit there all the time and culty stuff there all the time. And if I see something interesting, like I'll go look at an article and if I'm like, oh yeah, there's some meat on those bones, mm-hmm. I'll just stop reading. Yeah. And I'll add it to the list. So I know the name is Teal Swan. Yeah. And... This person is referred to as the Gucci guru. Yes. That's literally all I know. That's okay. literally all I remember is clearly something to do with Gucci. Okay. Maybe. That's what I got. Yeah. The, <laughs> the phrase Gucci guru only really kind of popped up once in all my research. Okay. Uh, it is. It's like a little bit of a label thrown at this at Teal Swan by one author. Okay, that's um, probably the article I saw. It probably is. And it just so happens that's the one that blew the lid off of Teal Swan. Okay. Uh, so that's 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 most likely. Now, how does she spell teal? Is it like the color? Yep. T-E-A-L. Uh, and then swan is just swan. S-W-A-N. Oh, there's not two N's. I put two N's. No. Oh, fix that. Um, but you're right. Uh, Gucci Guru was the title given to Teal Swan by that article. Uh, I want to start out by saying we talked about a lot of guru type people on the show, right? Yeah. So we we did we we talked about people ranging from like mostly benign to really dangerous. You know, yeah. Like, I kind of think like at the more benign, even if it's creepy, end is like Tony Robbins, right? Yeah. Um. Even though it, I really dislike him. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Uh. But like mostly benign. Um. By comparison to the likes of someone like you know Keith Rainier. 
Mm-hmm. Now I'm gonna have to get used to saying that. Keith <laughs> Raniere. Um so I think it's appropriate that as we go forward talking about Teal Swan, we keep in mind that sort of index of like how much damage is this person doing or capable of doing? Yeah. Right? Um so to start off, brief in brief, Teal Swan is a um Sort of like a, a spiritual and lifestyle guru type person. Uh, she has a fairly large footprint on YouTube as well as in real life, sort of like speaking engagements, uh, touring, writing books, things like that. Okay. She claims to have some pretty extraordinary abilities. Um, like which you do. I think it puts her in a different category of guru from someone like Tony Robbins, who, you know, maybe the the most he claims to have on everyone is like an awareness, like just, yeah. just kind of smart. You he's, know? he's good at reading people. Yeah. Um, she claims to have some pretty wild abilities. Um, something bordering on. Can she tie a cherry stem with her tongue? <laughs> oh, you know what? Uh, probably, probably not, but that's a, that, that's got me thinking about something. We'll get to it. Um. (laughs) Oh my goodness. (laughs) Um, I think after having read about her, I think she might be one of the more dangerous type people we've ever talked about on the show. Okay. Um, maybe more so in terms of potential Mm -hmm. than what she's already responsible for. And what she's already responsible for is a lot. I I think, you know, when we hear about these things, it's the aftermath because you and I aren't involved in any cults. Yeah. Um, Thank goodness for that. Yeah. So it's like um, looking at it from the outside in and just seeing how bad things could potentially get, even though it's kind of already blown up. Mm-hmm. Like seeing the potential devastation. And, yeah. And that's why... Even though I, I didn't know how intense this was going to, like, how intense she was or how mm-hmm. bad shit it already had gotten, um, I knew it was culty, and I knew that Nexium would be an interesting thing to discuss as a middle segment and follow up on before we do this, because that's, like, at its most extreme conclusion, mm-hmm. and this will be an interesting comparison. Worth noting that this fits pretty neatly in our Spooptober theme. Yeah, um, I had originally <laughs> given Dave this topic, and then I didn't know how spoopy it was going to be, so I switched it to something else. But then in the meantime, we had like a week in between, and, and Dave forgot and went yep. back to the original topic. That's right. But that's okay, because this is spoopy. Maybe not in a, a horror-type sense, but it's spoopy in a creepy um yeah. Culty sense. I also think if you put yourself in the shoes of some of the people in the story, there is some real genuine terror here. Yeah. I mean, like, um, it's only by way of, like, perseverance and, like, deep inner strength that some of the people involved here are fine. Yeah. Uh, because there's some really dark stuff. Well, I want to I want to hear about it. So. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so let's start with a weird uh, in- introductory fact. Teal Swan does not have a Wikipedia page. Hmm. That's a pretty rare thing, don't you think? Yeah. How like, did you even do this research? Uh, well, okay. So, <laughs> so I, I started with looking for a Wikipedia page because 
obviously you have this article, the one that you came across about the Gucci guru. That's mm-hmm. an article on Medium. That's the biggest top ranking result for Teal Swan. Yeah. It's I like starting with Wikipedia because it's usually fairly unbiased. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of general information and it gives you a good window to start at and, and yes. get some background before you jump into like an article that might be filled with someone's opinions. Wikipedia's guidelines are great because stylistically it's enforced to, to try to not say, you know, <laughs> this person did this or is like this. They'll say, okay, they've been accused of this kind of thing. You know, supporters say this, detractors say this, you know, like Could there's it be that she's like getting her Wikipedia page taken down when people put it up. I don't know. It's, it's very interesting. Like considering the size of her, footprint it's odd that she doesn't have a wikipedia page maybe we should try to write one well i did eventually find on swedish wikipedia of all wikipedia yes there is there is a swedish wikipedia and wikipedia wikipedia um and there was an article about her on there but it was uh notable that it was flagged all over the place uh, with these sort of this article may not be written, you know, uh, in neutral language. It assumes mm-hmm. a lot of her claims are true and, you know, things like oh, that. Oh, so it's like kind of biased towards her. <clears throat> yeah, it seems like, like on it, her behalf. It was very likely written by someone, uh, you know, someone Swedish. A follower. A follower, a fan. Is she know. Swedish? No, she's okay. not. Uh, actually, she uh, was born Mary Teal Bosworth in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Born in the USA. <laughs> um, Mary Teal Bosworth. That's right. So Teal's actually her middle name, in case you were wondering where Teal comes from. Yeah, I thought maybe it was just her favorite color. Uh, she was born June 16th of 1984. Swans. I guess she likes swans. I have no good explanation for where a swan comes from. No idea. <laughs> Uh, but she was born June 16th of 1984, which makes her 34 years old. She's not that much older yeah, than us. That's not. Nope. Three yeah. years older than me. Well, I'm three years in like a month. Yeah. Less than a month. Oh, God. Um, Some of the most important things to know about Teal. Uh, the first one is that she claims to have been the victim of over a decade of childhood ritual cult abuse. In hmm. Idaho uh, and does Utah. Does she say what group? She does. Um, we'll get a little bit into that in a bit. Uh, but basically, she referred to it as a single person who was part of a Satanist Mormon sect. If you're scratching your head, don't worry. You're only going to keep doing that for the rest of this episode. <laughs> I mean, I am not one to... I, I don't like the question when people say something bad happens to them, but a Satanist Mormon sect just doesn't make Satanist sense. Satanist Mormon sure doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? No. Um, I'll, I I wrote, I'll come back to this, and I will, because it's huge. It's it's an oxymoron yes. at best. The, I'll come back to the whole abuse story, <clears throat> but I want to get it out there early on that that's part of the foundational her, her thing. Backstory. Yes. And it's a big part of, like, I came from this to this. Yeah, of her like drawing people in and in um, getting on the same level as people. Yes, her personal history is really, really important and like formative in like how she develops. I guess her following. Mm-hmm. You know, just people knowing that she has this harrowing story is pretty important. Um, so um, currently. <laughs> 
She is engaged in writing, like I said, speaking engagements, a pretty active YouTube account. Um, she has 498,000 subscribers. Hmm. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, she posts videos every, like, like twice a week that average between five to 20 minutes or so. Uh, those videos have topics uh, that go from the commonplace, like improving your relationship with food or why relationships end or how to process anger, you know, that kind of self-help general yeah, stuff. Real, real basic stuff you would maybe want advice on. Yeah, like stuff that a lot of people are maybe looking for. Yeah. Uh, out to the more extreme stuff, like opening your chakras or talking to your pain or parallel realities, you know. All right. So she kind of runs the gamut. Like, it's not just the basic self-help stuff. It's also, like, spiritual and um, and and even even more out there type topics. I mean, considering you said she claims to have, like, special powers, it, it makes sense. Yes. Um, yeah, right, exactly. Like, it's the kind of thing you would expect from someone that claims anything supernatural. Yeah. Um, there is one exception to this 5 to 20 minute rule, by the way. Which is a a single video that is one hour and forty eight minutes long, which is a response video to her critics. <sighs> and we will come back to that too. I love any response video that's over <laughs> an hour long. I know. Um I'll tell you just before we talk about it later, I watched like ten minutes of it and I got I just got so frustrated. I gave up. Yeah. We'll talk about it. Um <clears throat> so Basically, this is so far what you've heard, I think, is kind of par for the course for people like this. There's like a little bit of woo stuff over here. There's some, you know, speaking fees over here. It's like the recipe for the new agey types that know how to make money on their model. I, I lately I have a theme in my life of like when people are discussing things or describing things, just imagining them with like the mathematic swirls in front of their eyes. But that's what I'm seeing here is like a guru with like these, these, yeah. the mathematic equations in front of there's their like eyes. There's like a soybean swimming past their face and like some, uh, it's like the square root symbol. And there's, she's uh, like, she's like picking things here and there of like, I'm going to use this. I'm going to use this. I'm going to have some magical powers. I'm going to have some uh, horrible childhood abuse. <laughs> a sprinkle of this, a dash yeah. of that. Put it all in the cauldron. It is Halloween times, by the way. <laughs> Might as well mm -hmm. sprinkle that in. Give it a little Making stir. Making a witch's brew. Witch's brew of culty shit. Um, but like basically, what I've told you so far isn't all that crazy. You know, it's, yeah, it's pretty typical. There's a lot of people that that uh, employ aspects of this in there's, their following. There's plenty of people who I would say do this, especially on YouTube, who aren't dangerous at least yet. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so let's get back to that medium piece. The one that you That's probably the one saw. It was by medium. Yeah. It's the only place where I saw the words Gucci guru. Appear. That's probably, yeah, that sounds right. Um, I, um, I think, okay. So that piece was, like I said, it was an article posted on medium. It was by an author named B Schofield. Um, a piece which, uh, now features a Patreon link and talent agency represent representation at the top of it because I think this got so big that the author was like, oh, I need to like put like a tip jar and like who my agent is <laughs> because it actually got that much. It, it's yeah. you know, like it got a lot of attention. Yeah, like a hundred and some thousand views and 
Well, Medium, they're, um, that's like volunteer <coughs> writing, right. right? It's just like you submit pieces to them. So that makes sense. Yeah. There's no real like staff writers at Medium, as I understand it. It's like a place where you go and you write, and hopefully you're the cream that rises to the top. Yeah. Um, I'm not even really sure what their vetting process is or if there is one. It might be article by article. Yeah. Uh, but this article was called The Gucci Guru Inside Teal Swan's Posh Cult. Um, I think that this article was really great and very comprehensive. If you want to know, like, the like all there is to know about uh, Teal Swan and what people have to say about her. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not told so much chronologically as it's told in, like, segments or themes of things that people have to say about her. Right? Okay. Um, that that makes sense for articles about this kind of thing. Sure. It's also really useful for gathering her own quotes, like things in her own words. Um, Mm -hmm. because again, she's got a ton of YouTube videos and she's got a couple of books she's written and she, you know, she tours. So she's spoken a lot, but like kind of like collecting the strangest things she said. Yeah. That's, I think what this article is really good for. Did you have the author's name? B. Schofield. B. Schofield, that's yeah. right. Yeah. <clears throat> um, good name. Yeah, it is a good name. <laughs> I like the name B. It's, it's, well, it's also written B-E, not like B-E-E. Oh, I, th- I thought it would be like B-E-A. No, it's just B-E, which is super weird. Just B, B. Schofield. Never seen it written that way. All right. So I want to drop a couple of teal quotes real quick. Uh, as far as like, you know, the kind of things that tell you a little bit about how she thinks about a lot of things. Okay. On a scale of one to I'll be blinded for life, how <laughs> quickly and how effectively will my eyes glaze over? Oh, my God. You're going to be by the first <laughs> one. You're going to be done here. I'll tell you what. Let's do it this way. I'm going to read you a quote and I'm going to look at you. And you're going to tell me one to ten how crazy it is. Okay. All right. My intention is to build a company that is so large and so unstoppable that nothing will come up against it. It will implement many world changes. The investments can be used to lobby or buy countries. And then we can start doing these new societies. Okay. That's really hard to gauge it that way because it's not so far. It's not super crazy as far as like about one to like ten on skeeved out. Ag, it is creepy for sure. It's it comes off very narcissistic, and also my first thought is like that's called a monopoly, and like no one's gonna let you do that. Yeah, no one buys countries, right? No one buys a whole country, right? So really tiny big. made up ones, maybe, but not. Like no. One to ten. No, Teal, no. I'm going to put it at an eight. Okay. <clears throat> Fair enough. <clears throat> and I want to specify it's like narcissistic-y, weird, <clears throat> delusional creepy, but yeah. not like not like super culty creepy yet. Okay. How about this? I did not come to Earth with a specific message. I came here as a course turner. I am the game changer. Okay, that's a 10. <laughs> and I want to point out already the language. Course Turner. Like, yeah. that's a very culty 
language. Like that's very culty language because that's something it doesn't make sense to anyone else. Like it, that phrase doesn't really mean anything to me. But I imagine if I like l- watched her YouTube videos, she would explain what it means. Oh, you I'm know, sure she, would. she would have a breakdown of like what her terminology is because that's what all these culty groups do. You ready for number three? Oh, yes. How many are there? Are there just three? three? Okay. Before I even came down, there was an entire panel of Arcturian beings, six-dimensional beings, which, or who even chose the way I would look in this life. Yeah, also a ten. Yeah. Yeah, the whole, like, claiming you're an alien thing. Yes. Yeah. That's one of her big claims is that she's, like... An alien uh, that uh, that was like sent here by you know like beings. Like I've, I've known people who really believe this about themselves. I don't know how people do. I have no idea how people believe this. Can I tell you a story? Yeah, fuck. I I got all I got all night. <laughs> um, at a place I got my um got a tattoo at. There was a head piercer there, and they ended up getting. A, like a, a new piercer in. He was like showing them the ropes. And they were talking one day and my tattoo artist was telling me or someone in the shop was telling me they're like, oh yeah, it's so weird. They they got to talking and they found out they're from the same planet. <laughs> and I was just like, no, come on. Oh, cool. <laughs> That's so cool for you. That, yeah, the, what are the odds of that? <laughs> that you came from the same planet that is an Earth. Wow. Yeah. You're Neat. the same kind of alien. That's a weird thing. I don't get how people think that. What What is, I mean, it is surprising that they are from the same planet that is an Earth because they both made it up. So yeah. it is really weird they would choose the same one. Yeah, when you right. think of it that way. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is. <laughs> You're right. But no, like, and I, I don't like bashing things I don't really understand. Maybe that's something I, I should look into later of maybe there is, like, specifically people out there talking about this stuff. Aside from the reptilians and, and that, like, okay. we know some about that. But maybe there is some literature guiding people to think specific things about this but it, might be. Yeah. it is a real kooky thing well case in point the arcturian six dimensional beings that are referred to here yeah uh just just to like skip ahead a little bit one of teal's uh former close friends and uh even possibly clients alleges that she rips all this stuff off from other people okay and that like even arcturian beings is someone else's invention Okay. And so I think there is something I mean, to a lot of these. that makes sense that it wouldn't just be something completely <clears throat> made up. Well, you'd hope that she would at least be original. But, like, it's, like, lifted from science fiction That's writers asking and stuff. a lot. I guess so. Scientology was made up by, I mean, at least it was made up by him, but it was a science fiction writer. And yeah. so much of, like, reptilian stuff was also based on fiction and science fiction writers. Right. And she's not alone in being unoriginal. <laughs> right, yeah. In this stuff, in her beliefs, and she's just, you know, maybe more successful at getting other people to believe in it, too. 
So let me give you, and this is, I'm, I'm telling you, this is going to sound like a cop-out. A lot of what I'm going to do tonight is going to seem like a cop-out because I have to tell you, I can't even detail all of the insane things that Teal Swan has to say about herself. I actually can't. It would take too long. Seriously, and I'm just going to have to dive into YouTube if I want to know more. I'm going to give you a glossary. Okay. I'm going to give you a, like a rapid fire. Let me get my pen. <laughs> Good luck taking notes on this. Um, I want to tell you a long list of, of of things she has to say about herself, or at least a, a, a glossary. Um, she claims to be able to tap into people's minds. Okay. In one case, she claimed she could tell a group of women were so despondent that they wanted to be raped. Yep. That's not a thing. She has compared herself to MLK, Jesus Christ, and Gandhi in terms of being a revolutionary. Okay, I'm not writing any of this Yeah, don't write it down. Uh, (laughs) She has claimed that her cat was a holographic soul projection from the planet Sirius, and it was trying to tell a friend, a woman named Cameron Clark, uh, it was sending telepathic images of her pancreas to warn about her blood sugar. I mean, I mean, then that's normal. That happens all the time. Like, <laughs> Bo, Bo sends telepathic messages all the time. She has also said... He tried to tell the neighbor uh, about his liver once. Yeah, no, he didn't. He didn't do that. You're right. He didn't. Yeah, no, he didn't. No, he just <laughs> licks his butt. Uh, <laughs> she has said, like, like we covered, that she's an alien. She has also said she is the reincarnation of the Indian guru Sai Baba. She has also said she is the reincarnation of Cleopatra. That's a lot of reincarnations, boo. Yeah, that's, yep, like kind of a lot. And that's just the beginning. I mean, there's so much. I mean, like she claims like. she just says so many things. She claims mind reading. She claims telepresence. She claims like uh, something like telecognition or something like that. Like. She, there is no thing you can think of that she doesn't claim to be able to do. You know, that's why I say it's a cop out for me to be like, she says it all because she actually says it all. Like, it's going to seem like I'm just being I'm reminded lazy. of a couple things already. One is like kids on a school playground where you're like, okay, what, what superhero are you? What superpowers do you have? And someone's like, well, I want to have laser vision. And someone's like, well, I have that too. Yeah. I'm like, no, but you said you could fly. Yeah, I have both. And they're just, I could do everything. And you're like, well, that's not fucking fair. Choose one. And they're like, no, I could do everything. Yeah. Secondly, <laughs> it reminds me again of David Icke because he also has beliefs on like everything ever, like every. Yeah. Every topic you could every think of. Every topic you could think of, especially woo kind of stuff, he has an opinion or an idea on it, an angle on it. Like, she's just, she's not alone in trying to run the gamut here. Yeah, I think that's true. I mean, she really does just, like, throw everything at it. I think that's important to know about her. Like, that's, I think, the most defining trait about her, and it will come up again. Here's the thing, though. Like, if you talk so much and say so many things, eventually you're going to contradict yourself. Yes. And she does. And people who I would say are, if not smarter than her, more observant than her, have pointed that out. Mm-hmm. But it just bounces off. It doesn't matter off. to it these people. It just bounces off her. 
It doesn't matter. It doesn't well, because matter. she just makes up five more words that you don't know the definition of and talks in circles. We've talked time yes. and time again about trap doors. Yeah. This is one of those situations. Yep. Um, I can already see it. I haven't even done the research myself. It's funny because, like, sometimes there's a really, really clear common thread between a lot of these stories. And that's one of them. Yeah. Well, I especially I think it it's that... The link is abuse. The link is the culty thing, the manipulation. There are tried and true ways to do that. Mm-hmm. It, some people are better at it than others, but there are tried and true ways to do that, and you're not going to get super duper original with it. Yes. you. It is what it is. You, you have specific things that you do that other people don't do or ways you go about it, but it's all the same methods. Uh, so I want to drill into something that takes this thing and goes a bit farther. Okay. Uh, so far, none of this is really hurting anyone else. It's dumb. Yeah. Um, it's it's like a lot of this is is uh, it's not causing people immediate harm, even if it is ultimately, I think, dishonest. It's mostly just me sitting here like how do people buy into it? But right. I, I know how and why people do. But uh <sighs> So one of the most concerning things about Teal is again, her name. No, <laughs> no. Although that's you know whatever. What does do? You, can you tell me what she looks like? I'm just um, curious. She has a very square face. <laughs> I mean, if I were to see her, <laughs> would I think this woman is cuckoo crazy, or I mean, would I be like? Oh, no, she, like, seems average. And then when talking to her, be like, oh, this woman thinks she's an alien. I was not expecting that. If I looked at her, would I know that she thinks she's an alien? I don't think so. Okay. She just kind of looks like a like a young L.A. mom. Like okay. a stay-at-home L.A. mom. I mean, yeah, so, yeah, of course who, she thinks she's an alien. Whose husband is, like, a talent agent or something. I don't know. Okay. She just kind of looks like, like, basically, like, well-groomed and a little strange. And the way she speaks is somewhat strange. Okay. How so? It's hard to articulate it exactly, but she... Like a strange cadence? It's a... It's... I don't even know how to describe it. It's just, like... She sounds so authoritative, and yet someone like me goes, you're trying a little too hard to convince me of your authority. And I Does don't. she sound like she's from California? No, she's not. She's not from California. Oh, okay. I mean, again, she's from Utah. Oh, okay. Um, and later, Idaho. And she's moved around quite a bit. Um, but she she's she's almost Midwestern. <laughs> It's, yeah. it's interesting to listen to her talk, but, well, I don't know. You just kind of have to hear her. Uh, to, I, to hear I definitely will have about. to watch some YouTube videos to yeah. get a beat on it. So let's get to the most con- concerning thing, I think, about yes, Teal. sorry I interrupted. Which is her tacit endorsement of suicide. Mm. Yeah. On On some level, I think you almost have to admire it begrudgingly because she's at least consistent. If you really think that death isn't the end, right? Mm. And that there's no hell and that ultimately you're the decider of what's right for you. Mm -hmm. Then suicide's not a bad thing. 
if you actually believe that. But of course, we all kind of know better on some like humanist level. It's a loss of potential and life. Again, there was like common threads in other cults like Scientology. Another another one that thinks like you don't really die. You have these Thetans. You're still going to be the same Thetan. So they have a huge disrespect for loss of life. Yeah. And and they don't allow people to mourn. Like they don't find it important. Yeah. And that that's the thing here is like if you don't think it's the end, then you're not really respecting a person's life as they're living it now. I agree. I agree. I think there's like. It's kind of they portray it as sort of beautiful, but it's actually kind of dark. It's like life is pointless. Your life is pointless. You're just going to do it again. I don't throw it away. I don't believe in being judgmental of people who who take their own lives, who end their own lives. I don't either. I I don't believe in saying, you know, how dare they do this to their family or anything like that. There's there's a lot of things that go into making Mm -hmm. that decision. Um, but it's and at least every, solemn. every case is, you know, it, everyone is different. No, no person is the same. No one makes a decision lightly. No one makes it for the same reasons and no one's in the same state of mind, but it's never nothing. Exactly. It's, it's never a decision made lightly. It's never a decision that's come to by anyone this is, why I Frivolously. Say, this is why I say it's a loss of human potential. And it's like, even if you don't judge people or, or, or anything for, for this thing, it is ultimately a sad thing. Yeah. Something we so, lose something someone, we don't get back. Someone who owns their own life doesn't do it. Like I said, they don't do it lightly. And it's usually like they don't just think about it and do it. It's something they've thought about for a long time. Yeah. So how dare you encourage someone to do that? Like it doesn't have a lasting effect and and enter into it like like it's nothing. Yes. Like so, you're going to come out the other side. So let me say this to move forward here. Teal Swan has a habit of treating suicide like a reset button and has said so. Um, and has said that, you know, um, you know, it's uh, it's there's nothing wrong with it because ultimately someone has. She has so many weird concepts that don't make sense unless you listen to her talk forever, I'm sure. But she. I'm, no, they don't make sense even then. I can guarantee they don't make sense even then. They well, make to, less sense even then. Well, to some people, they just sort of accept it, is what I'm saying. And, yeah. And, you know, um, but I, you know, but so she, she talks about this thing called Source, which is like a godlike persona or like consciousness that she sometimes talks as or through mm-hmm. like she inhabits source and speaks yeah. as source it's like uh that's it's like not, the word coming down from the mountain kind of yeah, thing yeah that that's not even unique to sure. her that's like a, a term i've heard before yeah so she she has this concept that you know by communicating directly with source that people cultivate this sort of love energy but okay. that they only but that they only like come into touch with and like absorb that love energy after they die. So maybe suicide's fine for them. Um, Like it's not even so much like, it's not even like she's really neutral towards it, but she almost is sort of just like, well, if people killed themselves, 
Maybe they just should have. Maybe that was just right for them. And she has this, like, bent logic about a lot of things like this where she'll say, um, like she said to someone, you know, like uh, she was talking about murder. Someone asked her if murder is okay, right? Mm-hmm. And her response was, well, you know, it's not okay for you. Like, clearly I could see as you asked me, you, you, I could see by the way you're asking it that murder feels wrong to you. So you shouldn't do that. Cause it's not right for you. But like if to someone else, like that, 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 that appeals to them, then maybe that's fine for them. Okay. But, but that's not the important question here. The it's important, a relative morality. It's a highly relative question thing. is, is it wrong on a moral standpoint? Not, is it wrong for you to do it? No, it's the victim. The, obje- the objective thing doesn't matter to her. That's so fucking bad shit. Right. And I'm like getting angry because she sure. only cares about the person acting and not the person acted upon. I think it's one of many things that are an insight into the way that she sees her own world. I don't think I think that there's a super, super relative morality to the way that she treats the world. And it I think that's an insight into her head. So self-centered and narcissistic. Yeah. To to tell anyone, like, well, maybe this horrible thing that you do to another human being mm-hmm. isn't right for you to do it. You want to hear self-centered and uh, narcissistic? Uh, more than once, her own followers have, in fact, committed suicide. Uh, some of, of course, because she endorses it. Right. So one of them was like a very high-profile online follower that... Uh, she didn't comment on one of the admins of her Facebook page or something, you know, sort of like expressed condolences and whatever will be missed kind of thing. Another one was one of her personal clients. And one person uh, in particular recounts being around when that person had killed herself and Teal's reaction to this being, you know, sort of, and this is like paraphrased, more about like, this is going to impact my credibility because someone that I'm representing or that I'm servicing, this is going to look bad for me. Yeah, but why would it look bad for you if suicide is meaningless? Yes. The thing like, is, then you acknowledge that it's not meaningless. Then you acknowledge that it's not really move, like moving on to another plane or to another form of existence. Right. So, A, it's obvious she knows how the rest of the world sees it. Yeah. And, and B, there is no empathy at the core of this. There is no like. It's all about her. There's no part of her that seemed to be sad about this. Now this is anecdotal. Yeah, that this is also it's like anecdotal. It's one person's story. Yeah, uh, I but can't, also you know. it's not. It's it's not bouncing between <clears throat> like, oh god, I feel awful about this, and you can be like, okay, you're kind of a hypocrite, but at least you're erring on the right side of hypocrisy. No, it's like, oh no, I recognize that like. Suicide is a, a finality, but also like, oh, fuck, this is going to be bad for me. One of the reasons I feel comfortable sharing this anecdote is that it's consistent with other things that she has said herself. Yeah. Right. Like if it seemed to fly in the face of her own like stated philosophy, then maybe I wouldn't necessarily feel like I could talk about it so confidently. Yeah. But it's sort of it's it lines up. Uh, and in fact, it will continue to line up as we move forward here. I'm just already so angry. I know. <laughs> uh, there's a reason I said that I think she's incredibly dangerous. Um, but more than dangerous, I think she's dangerous because she's so 
she has a certainty mm-hmm. about things that seem to be obvious untruths or self-serving yeah. sort of, um, you know, like, uh, how do I put it? She has built this little world in her own image for her own ends, and she yeah. seems very confident about it. People look to other people who they th- see like seems like she has all the answers. I mean, she's confident about them. She's charismatic. Yeah. Especially people who are like broken, you know, who who are confused, who aren't happy, who mm-hmm. maybe have mental health issues, m- maybe just like their life isn't what they want it to be. That's mm-hmm. a great amount of people. Like, that's a large amount of people. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know one person who can say they're 100% satisfied. Yeah. And so if someone can get a little thought in your head and make you question something about yourself or question where you're at or question what you know, you find yourself buying in. Yeah. It's, like, so easy to do. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just terrifying. It's terrifying when people are so good at doing that yeah at being that person well it's so foreign to me because i'm a person that questions everything like in my own head i'm never confident (laughs) about like my opinions and what i have to say like in, in some cases i can dig in i can feel justified on certain things but like i am always questioning i I'm always in search of like validation in some ways. I I never want to be the person who comes up to someone else and be like, no, your opinion's wrong because I, I, they're opinions. Like I I know it's an opinion. Well, at least there's goose chase as a place where you can walk into the studio and you know, you know, you don't have to justify yourself to anyone. You you know. Right. No, no, no. And I'm not, I'm not like complaining or anything about it. I'm just saying like, contrasting how I know I feel as a person and and it's just bewildering to me that people can can just go out there and so confidently say something that is so objectively bizarre and not true mm-hmm. and and do real harm to people yeah and just not care well speaking of real people I mean it's worth noting that like we're talking about Teal Swan as a person with an online following but like she has like a, a an inner circle and has had for a long time mm-hmm. of people that like have lived with her, followed her, hung on her every word, people that she's gained and lost, you know, like tons of boyfriends that she has messed with in the head in some pretty significant ways, which we'll get to. Not surprised by one of the things being picked, her being personally manipulative. One of the things picked up on by the medium article was her use of sexuality mm-hmm. like heavily as like a manip- manipulation mechanism of men and women around her as like like she's like she's very like She seems like the ultimate manic pixie dream girl. There's something to that. There's something to that. But there's definitely like uh it's it's there's there's a presence of like manipulative sexuality about this too. Mm-hmm. Of like alluring people and drawing them in, and then now, rearranging does she say anything in her philosophy about sexuality, or does this just seem like a personal trait, there a is, personal thing she does? There, okay. So there was some mention uh, as far as philosophy. There, she does talk about sexuality 
like as almost like a sex therapy type angle or whatever, like for people like Mm -hmm. she has thoughts about it. I'm not 100 percent worth sure what they are. Most of what was focused on. She has thoughts about so many things. I'm not surprised. Right. Most of what was focused on is the fact that she's like keenly aware of like her ability to affect people in that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, which we'll get to. I keep saying we'll get to it later. <laughs> I keep saying it. I know. But there is like a neat little bow that's going on this whole thing. Okay. Um, it just... Oh, so much of this bothers me so much. It's bothersome. The, just, just like people... I've known people like that who like use sexuality as a weapon and are so confident that they can do it. Like anytime I've heard specifically it's women who are kind of socialized into thinking this way. Yeah. Um, not that men don't do it or can't do it because they, they do, but it's more women that you hear about. Men are the object of desire and we know it. And (laughs) it's just like this idea, this manipulative thing of like, this idea of like getting a man whipped of like, I have a formula and I can do this consistently. Yep. It, it's like, well, how about you just treat people like human beings and yeah. like not do this? You are the reason that relationships are so hard because everyone thinks they have to play some kind of fucking game mm-hmm. instead of just relate to person on re, relate to a person on a real human level. Yeah. It's infuriating. I just want people to act like fucking people. <laughs> I know. In all ways, not just when it comes to relationships and sexuality, but just, like, don't tell people to end their own lives and, like, have some goddamn empathy. Oh, man, it's about to get so much darker. You have no idea. (laughs) So let's move Can we, like, get some ice cream after this or something? (laughs) Uh, Well, let's see. It's it's 10 o'clock. We might be able to. I'm not sure. Um, Let's get... Let's actually finish the episode, and then we can think about it. And then we can binge eat our feelings. (laughs) Um... Oh, God, my phone is running low on battery, so we actually do have to keep moving. Okay. Um, so, Teal's claims about her childhood abuse. This is important. Um, they are the kind of nightmarish kitchen sink claims where, like, literally nothing awful is left out of them. Yeah. So, and if anyone is like, well, this happened to me, she'd be like, oh, yeah, that happened to me. Yeah. It's like that. I mean, it's like when you read the list of things that she has to say, they're they're like unbelievably exhaustive. So, sexual, physical, mental abuse in all um, ways. I will I will I will detail some of what she has said. Um so she, let, let's take a moment to say now if this is something that will bother you. Yeah. If detail of of abuse. Oh yeah. This is we're talking about a you, lot of abuse. Skip ahead. Yeah. Um So she has detailed everything from ritual rape and forced abortions to eating out of dog bowls, being sold to strangers, isolation torture, uh, being forced to participate in bestiality and necrophilia. Um, And what I think is the cherry on top, having been sewn inside a human corpse for 12 hours. Um, if any of what she describes is true, it has got to be the most heinous list of abuses maybe ever suffered by anyone on record. Yeah. I mean, I, I will say like, it, it does sound like if, 
if all of those things were going to happen to one person, it does sound like something that would happen in like a satanic ritualistic cult of like those are really horrible things. And who else would like sew someone into a corpse and make them fuck an animal or be fucked by an animal yeah. and all this. So, like who would do all that? It goes way beyond most documented forms of abuse, like actual abuse. It goes beyond most of it. Like this would be an outlier in a huge way. Um, And here is an old chestnut that you're going to appreciate. She claims to have had these, these things revealed to her via recovering repressed memories. Mm. This is a Christy I was already bugaboo. angry and yeah. Um, so repressed memories are back. Um, I want to say this. Some of what she had to say is not possible. You cannot. sew and this is okay. This is, I wrote, this is the most fucked up sentence I've ever written ever. Uh, by multiple accounts, it is physically impossible to sew an eight year old inside of a corpse. It's not possible. You can't do it. They can't fit. I mean, maybe if it was just the skin. It's just, yeah, but it's. But that's not into a corpse. That's into skin. Right. Um, and there's just not enough room in there. It, there isn't. Just knocks on corpse. This baby can fit so many eight-year-olds in it. <laughs> <laughs> this baby can fit so many eight-year-old kids in it. I'm writing that down. That's a good We meme. need to have some lightness in here. <laughs> um, here's another thing, another story she told, but it's basically, I think, unlikely or impossible that she was, in fact, uh, tied up with jumper cables in plain view of several families in the parking lot of a store and nobody intervened. I mean, this is another one of her stories. She was, like, hogtied in a parking lot with people watching her and no one did anything. That seems incredibly unlikely to me. I mean, I I feel like she takes things that are fairly common and then twists them to an extreme that makes them unlikely. Mm -hmm. We know that like people aren't always likely to like jump in. Yeah. And help. But I feel like was she a child when this happened? Yeah. I feel like most people if they saw a child being Anyone. mistreated Anyone. like that, like in a very specific, like th who's going to tie up a kid with jumper cable? Like it's clearly not something that is normal. I cannot imagine a scenario in which I could go to the parking lot of a Walmart and hog tie anyone with cables with people looking on and no one stops me. Yeah. I can't imagine it. I feel like if I saw that. I would I would say something. <laughs> At the very least you'd call the police. Yeah. This is this doesn't seem to have been reported and we'll and get I to would all this. Take a picture of the license plate if they were at a car. Moreover, let's step forward. She attributes all of this abuse to someone she calls Doc. Right? Doc is the Mormon Satanist that she claims to like was was like she was given away to and who did all this to her. Well, guess what? They found him. There's a real doc. Okay. And they interviewed him. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> that is a whole the whole closing sort of chapter of my investigation here. Um, this is 
<laughs> oh god, what's the movie? Um is the Adam Sandler movie. What? There's the an hell? Adam Sandler movie. What are you talking Mr. About? Deeds. Okay. Winona Ryder is in it. And she makes up this she's a reporter and she's trying to get close to him to write a story. And she makes up this whole background story of her childhood in some little town and the people there, the people who live there, like Dr. Pepper, who was the local doctor. And then he finds this little town that is named that thing. And there is a Dr. Pepper there. And she's having to, he takes her there and she's like pretending that she oh remembers everyone. But that's what this reminds me of. Like you just made this <laughs> up and then there's a real person and you're like, oh shit. And yeah. that's a really weird thought. That's, but yeah, it's a weird thought, Christy. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. My brain is just trying to find anything that isn't awful right now. I I can see that, actually. I, <laughs> I'm sorry. This is a heavy episode. It's really heavy, but I wanted you to tell me about it. Yeah. Um, I don't regret it. It's just upsetting. So, for years, for a long time, Teal referred to this man that she called Doc. She said that he was basically both her mentor and her captor and her abuser as well. Uh, and like an all-around nightmare, right? Mm-hmm. Um. All of this abuse she attributes to him that she, that she basically claims lasted for something like 13 years. Um, I was going to say if that's or I, I wrote if that's true or like some part of that is true. Like it, it seems likely that we will see something bear out in our conversations with this man. Like, you know, people can hide things. But, you know, like I think there is something to your gut. Yeah. Um. But. So, again, do you remember the cat uh, that uh, was uh, telegraphing uh, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the pancreas to a friend? Yeah. That friend being mm-hmm, Cameron mm-hmm, Clark? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cameron Clark um, decided to, at some point, speak out about her experience um, with Teal Swan mm-hmm. via a very sporadically posted blog. Uh, she put basically six posts on this blog site between um, September of 2015 to June of 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, among those posts were her complete transcripts of email and phone conversations with this guy who was identified as Doc. Okay. So am I, am I right in assuming that this this person, Cameron, was a part of Teal's group or just like someone on the periphery? Cameron was part of the group, lived with Teal. Um, at one point, Teal had tried to convince Cameron emphatically that she was in fact suicidal when she was not mm. and had tried to convince Cameron to kill herself. Among other grisly details of like them living together and, and being associated with each other. Um, Cameron was like deep in the shit. Mm-hmm. Cameron is one of the people who has been the closest to Teal, who has been most on the record about what that was like. Is Cameron okay now? Like she's out. Cameron's out. Cameron was out as as of like 2015. I hope Cameron's okay. I don't know. the 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 most I know is up to 2016. Um the the post in question. Cameron was a person who. Um, so she suffered her own kind of, you know, like horrible circumstances. There was another guru-y type person, spiritually type person that she alleges raped her in mm-hmm. the, in, in sometime in the 
2000s there and that she had told Teal about this and Teal uh, um, still continued to have like a business partnership with this guy mm. and then told her, yeah, whatever you said happened didn't actually happen and all this stuff. Like Cameron was very close to Teal and Teal really did a number on did her. a number on Cameron. Um, and there's a lot of detail around that relationship. There's Cameron has written, written, written kind of extensively about her time with Teal. Not that Cameron will hear this, but if somehow she does, Cameron, I hope you're okay. I'm very grateful to Cameron. Yeah, I'm grateful to Cameron yeah, for talking for about this, speaking out. Yeah, and in particular for like taking on the task of talking to this guy mm-hmm. who is only identified as Doc. At some point, so I want to start by saying that like Teal had been telling this abuse story for a very very long time, mm-hmm. and had been whipping up boyfriends into a frenzy over it. Yeah, uh, something that she did like kind of a lot was tell all this detail. And like, uh, I think Cameron was the one who had said that it it, se- it almost seemed like she would do this to get that reaction out of them. Like this thing of like, I'm going to go find this guy. I'm going to, I'm going to murder him for mm-hmm. you. Like this thing, like, like she got almost excited yeah. on, you know, making people furious over this. Some, some people like when other people come to their defense and that's like an extreme version. Yeah. Some people like it when, Oh, the boys are fighting over me. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That and thing. that's like a real extreme version of it. Mm hmm. Uh, now, this interview with Doc was done in collaboration with a magazine, which is called Ethics and the Modern Guru. Um, apparently, they butchered the hell out of the actual article. Mm-hmm. So Cameron was um, driven to post on her own <laughs> blog, like the the magazine version against her version with like revision comments and in, in line. To okay, see, like, so she gave all this information to. These people, yeah, and she, they wrote a shitty article. Yeah, they added certain things. They revised certain things erroneously. She felt very compelled to to provide the best possible version online, and she maintained that she held the copyright for the piece, so she was able to do it. And clearly, they haven't pulled it down, so they must have agreed with her. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, even though they kind of butchered it, her original interviews and transcript, you know, of the of the article is all available online. Um. So what's her blog called? I think it was it's okay. It's the truth about Cameron dot blogspot dot com. Okay. Um, Is it C-A-M-E-R-O-N? Yep. C-A-M-E-R-O-N. Um, so um, let's see. In her interview with Doc, uh, the interview is really long. The original like unedited interview transcripts are really long. Mm-hmm. Some of it's from a phone call uh, between her and the editor of uh, of the Ethics in the Modern Guru magazine and mm-hmm. Doc. Some of it's email transcripts. Uh, some of it is excerpts, not excerpts, like actual scans of letters written from Teal to Doc. Hmm. So there's all kinds of. There's images. There's there's emails. So it's kind of hard to get a comprehensive feel of everything because it's coming from so many different mediums but well i think something comprehensive emerges it's just okay. like a lot of information yeah um i mean she produces something comprehensive from all of it but yes. if you were looking at it all yourself it would be a lot to dilute down into an yeah. understandable form i will say i read all of this really <laughs> it was huge 
Um, some of it ended up being repetitive and some of it wasn't that consequential, but I read the entirety of the conversation between Cameron and Doc. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of hard to distill it down, but I'll do my best. Um, and I also want to make clear that who knows? We don't know a lot of things. It is not impossible. It's not impossible that this Doc person actually did some form of abuse to Teal during their time together. Mm-hmm. It is not impossible. I do not want to sound dismissive here. How did she find Doc? The way that she found Doc was that Teal, after talking about these stories of abuse for a really long time, and after being pressed for names for a really long time, and after having given details that all sort of alluded towards like a very specific person for a long time, finally dropped a name. Okay. I'm not sure exactly why she finally stated a name. I suspect, well, I have my feelings. And again, you're going to hear what he has to say about her and you'll make up your own mind. I actually think she wishes some physical harm to this guy for reasons Certainly that will sounds be detailed. Like that. And, and I think that after having told this vaguely for a long time, I think she was just moving on to the next step. Put a name to the story. I have a thought about why she has made the allegations that she has, but I don't want to say it. Really? Yeah. Why don't you want to say? Um, Because it's not, it's just kind of based on a feeling and not based on anything yet. Because I, I don't know what you're saying. I, I don't want to like... I jump a, to a conclusion. I have a feeling you're do you, right. Do you want me to write it down? No, no. <laughs> and and show I'm it not, to you. I'm not like testing you or anything. Like, oh no, no. I just like I I don't want to say it and like be disrespectful. Really, that's right. what it is. But I think you're probably onto it. Okay. I think we've we've talked about enough here that you probably see where this is going. Um, so let me tell you what Doc's recollection is, because again, her recollection is that at 13, this abusive. Satanist Mormon takes her all over the place, performing ritual abuse on her. And also, by the way, killing several other children, which is something that comes up in Doc's assessment of her, that she made that claim. Um, so his recollection is essentially that he was a family friend and a veterinarian. Uh, you know, her, uh, Teal's mother worked for him at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, at some point in her teens, like when she was around... 13 or so, uh, she spent some mentoring time with him, uh, working with horses. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's a thing that he did, uh, and that her family thought might be therapeutic to her because she loved horses. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, he, at some point even bought her a horse and helped her care for it. He, he has a lot of fond memories of like, like his time as a friend of the family. Mm hmm. Uh, basically, at some point, he moved away from New Mexico to Idaho. Oh, I will say, like, buying someone a horse is a really big gift. It seems like it, but if you're, like, a horse veterinarian... Maybe. maybe it could have been, like, a rescue maybe or something. It might not be that hard to come by a little baby horse. Okay. Anyway. You kind of have a line on horses. Is all yeah, I'm, I'm just coming... I guess I'm coming from the perspective of, like... A yeah. little girl who wanted a pony, and then, although it's not really true, I was bitten by a pony at a young age, so <laughs> didn't really want one. Um, he claims that his friendship with her parents basically ended when he told them what he really thought about the way that they were parenting her. 
mm-hmm. and what the root of her behavioral problems were. So, so I mean, you said early like that that the horses would be like therapeutic. So clearly, there were there were things they were trying to work on. Yeah. So like, yeah, exactly. So she mentored with him because she was having problems at home, like behavioral problems. She wouldn't do anything. She wouldn't do her chores. There were like like outbursts of rage. She was mm-hmm. just like being a particularly difficult kid, but she had a love of horses and he was a family friend and his, her mom had worked with him. So they thought, okay, we'll let her mentor with him a little bit. And that's basically the only reason he ever spent any alone time at all with this kid mm-hmm. is in the interest of being a family friend. And providing her a venue for something that might be therapeutic to her. Mm-hmm. Um, again, he's like a horse veterinarian, but he's also like kind of eccentric. He's a spiritualist kind of guy, you know. Mm-hmm. And even though he talks a lot about um, the value of like like evidence based thinking mm-hmm. in, when it comes to Teal's claims, he's also like into like weird mystical healing type stuff with horses. Yeah, he does acupuncture on horses. Um, and he was a practitioner of Qigong. Oh. Funny enough. Hmm. So that's a thing. But. Um, so he's like a holistic horse vet. <laughs> he is. He's like a mystical, magical horse vet man. Um, I cannot help but feel just terrible for him after having read as much as he had to say about Teal. Uh, even though these claims seem to not have caused him any harm, he's not in hiding. He's not he's not hiding from anyone, even mm-hmm. though his name is out there. And 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 people are aware that she has accused him essentially by name mm-hmm. of all of the, these things. Um, it hasn't seemingly caused him any harm. M- he's- My thing is like it, there would there would have to be proof of some of this with all of these claims she made. There would have to be corroboration. Like, if someone yeah. else's kid was murdered by him, like, someone would be up, someone else would be upset. Yeah. And the fact that his name is out there and these claims have been made and she's clearly been saying them for years and no one else has come forward is, if it were true, it'd, it'd be, like, really surprising. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of very surprising and weird angles to, like, how this hasn't like resolved one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that she still has a relationship with her parents. Yeah. Despite, you know, being like, like, Oh, I was taken well, away for all these years. Sold to someone or given to someone. Yeah. She still has a relationship with her parents and her parents do not call her out on any of this stuff. And they also haven't gone after him. So what does that tell you? They don't clearly believe what she has to say. Probably because they know what actually happened because they've never gone after this man, despite knowing that she alleges all this stuff. Yeah, about but they've him never told publicly. her no a day in her life. That, after you dig into Doc's story, is the big reason that he stopped being a family friend. Mm-hmm. He, ev- he eventually told her parents, specifically, he told her dad that because it, it, there was this dynamic where, like, there was no discipline in the house. Mm-hmm. There was no discipline at all of any kind. And they allowed her to get away with a lot of behaviors, which we'll get into uh, just a tiny bit later here. And Doc called him on it. Can I tell you now why (laughs) I thought 
you can. That she lashed out at this guy. Yeah. Because she didn't get her way. That was my first thought. She wasn't getting her way. Yes. He wasn't letting her have what she wanted. There is quite a bit to that. Um, I'm going to skip ahead and come back. Um, Cameron Clark makes a distillation of her interview with Doc. And she, I think she nails it. I think she nails it perfectly. I want to read that, like, basically word for word. Okay. How's your battery, by the way? Uh, we'll make it. Okay. Um, so here's what she has to say. Um, narcissists, and that she is pretty clear on saying that's what she thinks the teal is. Mm-hmm are notorious for embarking on smear campaigns to discredit and ruin the reputations of their targets. Mm-hmm. Doc's non-response to Teal's letters, which she did send him multiple letters, uh, and repeated attempts to reach out to and manipulate him over the years, which also happened, uh, his, his non-response could have triggered her vilification of him. She says, Teal likely perceived Doc ignoring her as a rejection, thereby causing her a narcissistic injury. He's gray-rocking her. Yes. This initial narcissistic injury could have turned into what is known as narcissistic rage, which Teal has possibly been venting on Doc over the years. Makes sense. I think... Makes sense from that standpoint. That makes so much more sense in the context of the things he has to say about his time with her. Mm-hmm. than any of what she has to say. Yeah. And I will give you some of his quotes about what he came to understand of her. And there's, again, there's a lot. Mm-hmm. I gave you the short version. Um, here's here's him talking about Teal as a, a 13-year-old. At the time, Teal was supposedly cutting herself on her wrists, and they were taking her regularly to a psychotherapist. Unfortunately... The therapy, which included drugs, did not seem to help. Teal was relatively candid with me as we went about my appointments, and I soon figured out that she was just scratching her wrists to simulate a cutting scar. The neighbor girl had been cutting herself, and Teal saw what psychological impact that had on that girl's parents. She wanted the attention the elder girl was getting. For a very real problem and issue that other girl had. Again, this is Doc's claim. You can take it or you can leave it. But this is this is a guy recounting some of the behaviors. He, again, we're talking about a young age. Mm-hmm. We're talking about like 13 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, also, Teal is a master at using sexual innuendo to manipulate males. It never worked on me because I knew her too well from birth on. And that may be why she wants to discredit me now. I do know this. Teal never suffered any kind of physical or sexual abuse as a child. Nor was she ever a model, Olympic athlete, or in Playboy magazine. Other claims that she Those are other claims that are pretty easy to verify one way or another, right? Like, we would know if you were an Olympic athlete. (laughs) We can probably figure out if you were a model. We can figure out if you were a playboy. Funny you should mention that because the authors of uh, Ethics and the Modern Guru did attempt to verify these things. She never appeared in any issue of Playboy around that time. And she was not an Olympic athlete. And so far as I can tell, 
She never did any practical modeling. There was no evidence of it ever happening. Mm-hmm. So these are things. I she mean, we all know that even if you them. were an alternative model, they would be all over your Facebook page, Teal. We know plenty <laughs> of those. Yeah, there would be evidence. So these are things that she wrote to him in letters, being like, "This is something I did." I would, you know, like she's at the time she wrote him these letters. I think she was like twenty one years old. Yeah, like taunting like, him, being like, "Despite you, I did this." Yeah, and being like, "Hey, just so you know, I was in Playboy. It should be out really soon." Which is a weird thing to tell your older mentor, family friend, right? Not if you're a narcissist who was never that's, able to seduce him. That's uh, okay. So, like, I know how fucked up this is, but like, like I know how fucked up it is ever to like. Be taking the adult side of the kid adult thing like this. But I think we're dealing with an entirely different kind of person. This is not a normal situation. Right? This is not a situation like nearly 100% of the time when someone makes a claim Mm -hmm. like that. This is not that. Two more quick quotes from Doc. Well, or I should say, I shouldn't speak as though I have any authority. This does not feel like that. And based on the, the you know, kind of evidence we have in the testimonial right. that there is. That's and the videos she makes and the claims that she makes. I am pretty sure she is a narcissist. Yeah. And all of this stuff is consistent with what narcissists do and how they act and the claims that they make and how they lash out at people. Yeah. This is why, like. Okay, so like when you take all these claims from different sources and you kind of put everything together, the confidence that you're expressing and the confidence that I'm feeling in how we're seeing this comes from like a corroboration of all the available evidence. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Not to say that I'm any kind of authority, but I am very interested in narcissists and sociopaths and psychopaths. Yeah. I've done right. a lot of reading and video watching and – obsessive researching about this kind of stuff. So I I know I've learned enough from all that to be able to guess at the things I've guessed at tonight. So much about this tracks with what I have experienced and know of people like this. Yeah. Um, a couple more quick quotes from Doc. Uh, he says, upon some more reflection, I think that Teal may feel threatened by my detailed knowledge of her background. Um, I pose a potential threat to the believability of her narrative. I am not really interested in the details of her fairy tales. In my experience, documenting the facts does not persuade true believers. I think that's true. If you consider the fact that he's probably one of the few people who's ever told her no Mm -hmm. and not bought in. Yeah. That would be very threatening to someone who's concocting this elaborate story of her past and who she is and where she really comes from. Mm -hmm. To know that there's someone out there who very easily could unravel and be like, no, yeah, it's not the truth. Again, including her parents. Even her parents are complicit in this narrative by never shutting it down on the record. They, they can't. Mm-hmm. They're they're just for whatever reason they're they're not capable. Yeah. Of I believe she of commu- handling it. I believe she talks with them very differently than she talks with everybody else. And I believe she has a rationalization to them, too. Like, you know, this is my brand. I'm helping people. I have this story, but it helps people. Just hush, hush. Don't tell anybody. I believe she has her own way of managing the fact that they know her reality. 
Well, she's I, always manipulated them. Yeah. She's always been able to, and and she always will. Like, yeah. It, it, it's hard when you're a parent, like, that that's your baby. She's yeah. their baby. Yeah. <laughs> that's difficult. Final quote from Doc. And there's so much more. But he says, this is what's difficult for many to understand. Teal's stories are not about the specific details. They are about flipping the switch of the person she is talking to. Mm -hmm. Like pretending to cut herself got her parents to respond the way she wanted them to. The stories about sexual abuse are designed to get a reaction and not about communicating some factual information. She composes them on the spot according to the way the specific listener reacts. And mm -hmm. consequently, the stories seldom, if ever, match up chronologically or factually. This is a thing that people close to her have noted. Cameron noted this in particular, the fact that the stories always change. Mm -hmm. That sometimes they're inconsistent with each other. Sometimes they mention things that couldn't be possible in relation to previous versions of the storytelling. Mm -hmm. And Cameron was around to hear her tell this stuff to a lot of people. Um, I've, I've dealt with some people who I'm pretty sure are narcissists. Yeah. And this is something I know that I've seen. This is but why I say this is so chilling to me. This something, whole story. Something as easy and simple as like, I like this kind of food. And then hearing them say the very next day to someone else, I hate this same food. <laughs> yeah, right. And just standing there going. What? Yeah. Like, no, no. Like, you just said the exact opposite. Mm -hmm. But playing to an audience. Yes. That's it. Playing to an audience. That's mm -hmm. really the big thing. Now, if there's one thing that narcissists are good at, it's reading people and knowing what they want to hear. Yes. And and playing to it. That's how you manipulate people. So I want to try and round this episode out because okay. I, I know we've been going a really long time. Here's a kind of conclusion. Um, after all of these years of these stories and claims and amassing a following of hundreds of thousands, if not more, Teal Swan currently has fled to Costa Rica. I'm so surprised. She is currently renting to own a building with 20 people that she calls her family. <laughs> oh, no. She claims to be attempting to manifest what she calls the new earth. She holds lectures and classes. This story sounds so familiar now that it's actually embarrassing to me that she has anyone showing up to listen to her. And it's actually kind of upsetting. I'm really concerned for the people that are there for her, as, with her. As am I. As am I. Because uh, when you consider the isolation of these people where they are and the grandeur of the claims and the egomania and more, I think this is just such a transparent recipe. And again, considering the notions of suicide and the nature of the value of life, I think this is a recipe for a death cult that can and probably will take the lives of the people involved if the situation gets to the point where it is able to kick off to the next stage. Because we've seen this happen so many times. She doesn't care about anyone else. No, she doesn't. She doesn't care about anyone else. I don't think so. And um, I, I think that could end very, very badly. I'm like really emotionally upset about it right I now. This is why I told you last night why I felt a need to text you late, late at night and say, I think this is one of the more dangerous people we've ever talked about because it's happening now. Yeah, I really hope those people get out. So do I. Alive. So do I. 
Um, there have been other people that have almost pulled this kind of thing off and then have been ejected from the country. I didn't write his name down, but the Medium article in particular that we've been talking about for a large amount of this time mm-hmm. mentions a parallel example of a guy whose name is lost to me who was evicted from his premises in the middle of doing something just like this. Um, uh, so I just want to say... Please, like... I, I, I can't even act like this podcast has any kind of reach, but I know. if somehow it did, just like evict her. <laughs> I hope that people are working against it. I think the popularity of that Medium article is... Yeah, there has to be. There has to be. I think people have to be aware of her and what she's up to. And it's just, it's so scary to me. It's it's so weird. It's like she's like like this like very true to life femme fatale kind of thing of like pulling people in like using like charm and deception and like like just break just, just like breaking using people's them brains. up and throwing them away. Yeah. And it, there's so many people that it seems like she have come and gone through this circle of hers that she, you know, but she's you know she's doing the same thing to a bigger and bigger audience. It's something that like gets stuck in my like injustice craw. Yeah. When I see a person like this just use people and hurt people and manipulate people and get away with it for so long and and be so good at doing such horrible things to people. It makes me unspeakably angry to uh, see people get away with something that's just wrong and bad and inhumane. Yeah. That's that's how I feel about it. I won't read my final closing remarks, but I just I do want to say that Oh, you can read them. No, no, I think we mostly covered it. I just I the main thing that I really want to say is that I we're now in a situation where 20 people just that live there and lots of people who come and go to listen to her talk, to consult with her, uh, you know, like on and, and a whole online following. There's a lot of people taking her seriously. And, um, you know, she's telling them that their their own, you know, their own suicide would be just a reset on their lives. And like, you know, she has this compulsion over or She has this, this control over people. Um, I I think she might be capable of just about anything, and I hope that we don't find out the hard way again yeah. for the for how many times has this kind of thing happened. I just hope we don't find out the hard way you that wanna, we should have stopped it. You want to know how this stuff happens? It's exactly because of people like this. This is how it happens. The charisma it's because of engaging charismatic people, and they're engaging in charismatic because they can pick up on exactly what you want to hear and exactly what is going to rope you in. Yeah. And they do it. Yeah. That's how it works. They she can say any crazy thing she wants, but uh, she's going to find the thing that makes someone fall under her sway. Yeah. I am very very concerned for the people who um so am I are there with her and the people who follow her? They're not near their support structure. They're uprooted from everyone else that can talk sense to them. And they're probably the 20 people that she handpicked yeah. for this. She's rewritten their reality. Yeah, they're living she's, in her world. She's rewritten their beliefs and their support system and their vocabulary and their sense of mortality and what it means. She's rewritten everything yeah. for them. And um, without a lifeline and without other people stepping in, I would be very, very, very concerned. 
I am very, very, very concerned. When did that article come out? The Medium article. Uh, That Medium article was published uh, a few months ago. I want to say somewhere in... So this is like like really recent. Like August or something like that? Yeah, it was That sounds about when I would have seen it. Um, I can actually pull that up and verify it, but... It's it's recent enough that uh, that yeah. Like I mean, the, it's okay. I just want to know if it was recent. Yeah, it's uh, it's recent. It's this year. Um, and again, you can find that the the title of the article is "The Gucci Guru Inside Teal Swan's Posh Cult," and actually, it's a little older than I thought. It was from okay. March. So okay, but still this year. Yes, um, highly recommend reading it. It is fairly lengthy. Um, uh, at the, the time that this was marked, uh, it had a, a 105,000 views. Uh, it's probably been read many more times since, um, cannot, uh, cannot recommend this enough as a, just a general source for, you know, the information that you might want to know about Teal Swan. I'm so, so that's about it. Really scared for people who follow her. Well, now you see why I say this is probably pretty appropriate for Spooptober. Yeah. Yeah. Because this is a this is I think this is one of the scarier things we've talked about on the show, specifically because it's ongoing. I think that's really what it is. A lot of times we can talk in retrospect, yeah, about things and know that at least it's over, yeah, um, or that at least we know of the horrible abuses, and most people aren't still getting like pulled into it. But yeah. knowing that it's probably really likely it's. Being an outsider and knowing there's not really anything you can do. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same experience of watching a horrible, like scary thing in a movie where you can only watch. Yeah. Except this is like that, but it's real. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, so anyway, I don't know. <laughs> this has been Goose Jays. I don't know. Like, it's, I know it's a dark note to leave on, but, um, you know. If, like, if, you, if you're... If you're in a group and a person seems too good to be true, if a person is telling you everything you want to hear, yeah. if every bad thing you tell someone, they've somehow experienced that and then some always, all the time, if yeah. their story's continually changing. Be skeptical of people. It doesn't mean don't trust people, and it doesn't mean doubt people by default. I know it feels bad and icky when someone tells you something really bad happened to them yeah. and you don't believe it. I know that feeling. Yeah. But you also need to protect yourself. Be aware for the lookout signs for what are these like sort of narcissistic patterns of one-upsmanship. Like like the increasingly darker, deeper, yeah, this happened to you, but this happened to me. Like, you know, like skept- being skeptical doesn't mean like doubting everybody all the time it just means being aware of when you're being manipulated or lied to and when you realize you are don't engage yeah gray rock just don't have a reaction don't tell personal details about yourself don't call people a liar just don't engage lock it down yeah and look up stuff about narcissists or psychopaths or sociopaths if you're interested in that yeah. And for tactics for how to deal with them if you think you have some in your life. Yeah. That, it's scary stuff. This is the thing, if anything, I would hope would come out of this is awareness. Yeah. This it, is, it's this scary happened, stuff. This happened. This is, there's more people like this than you think. Oh, yeah. You know, there's more people like this in your life than you think. Yep. I've dealt with them. Yeah. It's not fun and it sucks to be a compassionate person and to question 
whether or not you can believe the horrible things that have happened to someone supposedly that it sucks to be on that side of it. Um, and it, it, it's not good to be manipulated. So anyway, (laughs) bleak or not, it's been very, I think this has been the most difficult episode of the show. I, I, and the one that's made me the most, I always know it's a difficult one when I find myself tearing up. Then I know like we've crossed into something. Yeah. I, th- I think we should maybe put a a, a warning when we post this. Sure. Um, so anyway, if you if you're still listening to this, <sighs> thanks for listening to Goose Chase. Goose Chase. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so inappropriate. Now. I know. Oh God. Um. So, anyways, the show must go on. The show baby. must go on. The show must go on. We gotta goose chase it. Uh. Thank you for listening. Please keep sending us your suggestions for episodes. Please be safe and protect yourselves and yeah. educate yourself about people who don't care about you yeah. and will hurt you. But we care about you. But we care about and you. And we'll never hurt and you. And we won't hurt you. We love you. We do. We love you. Listen to us next week on another new Ghost Chase. Ghost, Ghost Chase. chase. <laughs> <laughs> See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Goose Chase. We are Goose Chase Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. On Twitter, our handle is at GooseChasePod, and our website is www.GooseChasePodcast.com. If you have any topics you'd like us to research, please email us at GooseChasePodcast at gmail.com. If you like what we do on the show, please rate and review us on iTunes and Google Play. Want to go on a goose chase? Ooh, yes. 